another film that I was super excited about. Got to see it this weekend. Um, it just came out. I found a way to watch it. It's an Apple TV exclusive, and it's got a bit of an interesting backstory to that, too. Uh, it's called Finch. It stars Tom Hanks, and it's kind of like I Am Legend meets Castaway meets iRobot, you know? But the thing is, is it's really not the, the concept of the last man on Earth. It's just kind of like this scientist happens to be alone. He has a dog and he creates one robot to help him kind of scavenge. And then he creates another robot whose essential purpose is to take care of the dog because he's dying. So that's the essential story. So now before I get into a more in-depth analysis of it, let's just talk really quick about where this movie actually came from. So this movie in the in looking into it actually started its kind of journey to become the film it is back in 2017. Now it was originally titled BIOS, which I'm so glad they changed the name to it because BIOS is a horrible name for what this movie is meant to be about. And it was originally supposed to be released in theaters uh under Universal Pictures. The thing is, is that they were working on the film for almost two years. The pandemic hit, causing a lot of things to get shut down. So because of all of these delays, they kind of just sat on it. Eventually, they sold it to Apple TV, who then renamed it Finch and then released it on their streaming services. So that's what kind of makes a little sense when it comes to the idea that, oh, it's Tom Hanks. Because I mentioned this in the trailers entry I just did about the Leonardo DiCaprio movie that's coming out on Netflix. And the fact that you got, like, these big-name A-listers doing streaming service films now, you know, Denzel Washington, Leo, Tom Hanks, they're all doing big-name films that are coming out on these streaming services between, like, Netflix, Apple TV, Amazon, and it's it's fun to see this new realm we're kind of stepping into, but it is also like kind of putting these guys on higher pedestals because now you can go and see these actors in full theoretical releases or you can see them on these live streaming services. You, you know what I mean? So it, it's, it's fun to see more kind of go in that realm. And going back to this film, it's just this is definitely a, a good example of when you have a big name star and you get a film like this that has that is easily accessible to everyone especially if they're already paying for some of these services this is a very enjoyable film i really loved it from start to finish so let's do a little bit of a backstory about what it's what the uh environment is like so it's a post-apocalyptic film it takes place uh i don't know if they ever actually say it in the film i think it's like 15 years or something after, like, a solar flare kind of destroys the ozone layer, making it extremely tough for uh, any living creature to walk around during the day. Uh, there's a couple of scenes that kind of emphasize that. And whenever you see the, the Tom Hanks character walking around during the day, he's wearing, like, a radiation suit because the radiation levels are also very, very high. And the, is the issue is that he is dying of radiation poisoning, so, he's a scientist. It starts off with him living underneath a wind turbine, which is where most of his electricity is coming from, and where he gets the ability to kind of make robots and live life in a way. Now, he's been there for, like, 15 years. 
And during the process of the beginning of it, you kind of learn throughout the film that he also has this dog, and you get the backstory of where the dog comes from. And he cares so much about this dog that he builds a robot to take care of the dog. Essentially, the robot's sole purpose is that he understands that he's going to die because there's no cure for him. You know, he's dying of radiation poisoning and, you know, it's post-apocalyptic world. You know, everything's covered in sand. You don't really see any other survivors. So he's all by himself. So he knows he's dying. And the only thing he cares about is the dog. So he builds the robot to take care of the dog. Now... Of course, he builds the robot as a sentient being, so he's also kind of teaching him, like, the way of life, and it's, you know, the balance of teaching a newborn adult what life is like, uh, even though he's kind of uploaded him with a tremendous amount of information, because, yes, it is still, you know, the concept of being modern and having that kind of access to technology like that to make the the robot uh, sentient and intelligent, um, intelligent to the point where the robot names himself Jeff, and I think that's hilarious. It's It's got a real, like, Johnny Five. Like, if Johnny Five met John Wick, where instead of the dog dying, like, Johnny Five's sole purpose is to keep the dog alive. And it shows some nice, like, survival tactics that have to be taken, you know, because he is human, he cares more about the dog, you know, he'd rather drink a glass of whiskey and make sure the dog gets fed than he gets fed. So, it's nice to see this sort of balance between the atmosphere, the the singular character, because even though you have a robot that the Tom Hanks character is talking to, the Tom Hanks character being Finch, even though you have this dynamic where there is dialogue between two characters, it's still the idea that he is, the premise is around this soul man. He's the only survivor human of his group. Now... That's not saying that there's monsters or anything. There's nothing like vampire. It's just really, really difficult being around other humans for him. And he talks about uh, being able to trust other people and how he couldn't even do that before the end of the world. And it really goes deep into what it would be like for a very, a very much learning being who kind of just thinks about, you know... I don't want to say like the logic of it, but kind of just continuously has questions. And then you have this man who's kind of stubborn in his ways, even before, you know, the apocalypse hit. And he's still kind of leaning onto that stubbornness onto this new sentient being that he's created essentially, you know? And it's just really fun to watch. It's the, the story progresses very well. And the, the main goal is that because of the solar flare as well, there's these ridiculously ravaging radiation storms. So the area he's in is about to get hit with one that's going to last 40 days. He doesn't have enough food and water the last 30 days and to keep the dog safe. His primary thing is the dog. So he has this souped-up RV that he's added a bunch of modifications to. It's got these huge solar panels up top and it runs on electricity. And he charges it every day so he doesn't have to worry about gas because I'm sure getting gas is really tough in the apocalypse. And they're meant to travel from where it starts, which I believe is St. Louis, and then they're going all the way uh, to California. And the reason he's going to California is because he's kind of determined, based on, like, 
the area he's in. He's in the St. Louis area, so he's on the East Coast. He's He doesn't know much about what's happening on the West Coast. He knows that uh, South is basically destroyed, because if you're talking about a solar flare and ridiculous temperatures and storms, the further South you go, the hotter it becomes. Uh, he doesn't think going north is a good idea because there's too many cities north, especially when you're on the East Coast. You go north of St. Louis, you're hitting, you know, Philadelphia, um, New York, New Jersey. You're, you're hitting some areas that you might have a lot of people, and he wants to avoid people. So he decides, I know nothing about what's going on on the, on the West Coast. Let's go to California. So he takes a, like, 15,000-mile trip from where he is to try to get to California just so they could find another place to stay. And that's essentially what I would say the second and third acts of the movie are. The movie essentially has three acts. The first act is understanding what's happening in the environment, meeting Jeff and the building of the robot, and then them leaving. And the second act is kind of the the the, the turmoil of teaching a newborn sentient being about what its purpose is, about life, and kind of growing these characters, while also still giving a little bit of a backstory, and the conflict of actually the dangers of running into people. Now granted, they don't actually run into people, they they kind of like get set into a motion where it's like a trap, and then they get followed by a car, but really there is no other people like if you look up the casting i believe there's only like two people credited in the cast tom hanks and the dude who voiced the robot the dog doesn't even get a credit you know what i mean so and then that's the second act and the third act is kind of the climax of the story of these three characters now it's fun to watch this progression i'm not gonna say it's sad but it can be sad, you know, it, it, it's it's definitely a story that y- you would go into, especially like, so there's, again, I said before, there's another little robot that they have. The, little, the other little robot, he's kind of just like this, like a like an Amazon house pet almost, you know, he, just, he doesn't talk, he just kind of looks around. It's smart, it understands the routines that the character Finch has taught it, and then during this little trap... This little robot gets caught in something, and it gets destroyed. Now, I say destroyed because it is a robot, but then you are watching it, and you're seeing that, oh, this is one of, like, a this is a primary character, you know what I mean? And it's kind of that Toy Story effect, where you're looking at inanimate objects, and you're giving it emotion, and you're giving it feeling. And when you think about it in that aspect, you have to give emotion and feeling not only to Tom Hanks, Tom Hanks' character, or to a dog, which is probably super easy for a lot of people, but you also got to give that feeling to the character Jeff, which not many movies are able to capture that. Like, the only ones that can I can really think about to date that are kind of like that might have, might be Short Circuit, you know, Johnny Five. The, the, the Short Circuit 2 movie, you really get emotional when it comes to this robot, because even though it's a, it's a inanimate object it's it's essentially a machine you're you're taught throughout the movie to give it emotion you're taught to give it a personality and that personality and that emotion causes feelings when things happen now that's jeff being the talking um sentient being not this other little character which i think his name is dewey and it doesn't say anything but when it does kind of like perish you you it it's kind of like the ending of like Toy Story three or Toy Story four like you feel bad because even though it's not a real item it's not a real 
person or or creature or something you're meant to kind of have emotions towards, it's built up that emotion for you. So I think it does that very well by getting you to feel for these things that aren't essentially real. And to me, I'm going to say that's probably hard for a lot of people to, I'm not going to say like grasp, but to kind of relate to, you know, uh, and I feel like that comes truthfully from the Toy Story generation. You know what I mean? All of us people who really grew up with that idea that I wish my toys would actually get up and walk around, you kind of have this built-up emotion when it comes to inanimate objects, to to um, to machines or toys or things that aren't necessarily alive and breathing and shouldn't have emotions and shouldn't express concern or express um, confusion. You know, you, you don't have... A lot of people who don't relate to that can't have that emotion, so they can't attach that emotion to a character like Jeff. And the movie does a great job presenting that to you. You know, you don't jump in there. You know, one of the things that my wife said while we were watching it, she's like, is this going to be a movie where the robot goes crazy and kills him? Because that's the only other thing. Like, like I compared it to iRobot. I don't feel any emotion towards those robots because it's about robots that kill and then one robot who doesn't kill. So you don't have any emotion connected to that robot. But this robot is presented in a way where it's like, it's not about kill or be killed. It's not even really about survival. It's about humanity. It's about he hasn't had any other person to talk to for, you know, 10, 15 years, however long it's been since he found the dog. Because he doesn't trust people. Because when the world ended... Everybody did their own thing, and people were savages, and they, all they wanted to do was survive, and it was all about the, the, the strongest survived. So now he has this being that he created to actually have some kind of connection to. Even though he didn't create it for himself, he created it for its dog. But in the end, you kind of see maybe he needed it too. You know, it's just, it's a feel-good story when it comes to that, and I feel like it really is going to relate to a lot of those people who can attach emotion to characters like the Jeff robot, you know, and I feel like I am one of those people, and I definitely feel that if you are one of those people, you should definitely watch it. It's a very, very good Tom Hanks film. Um, it's so funny to think that it took almost four years to make, and granted, it is a pandemic, but it is also, like, really good to see, like I said earlier on, a film like this on a streaming service with an A-list actor like Tom Hanks. And we're probably going to see a lot more of these coming through. Again, like I said, we have a uh, Apple's got a Denzel Washington movie coming out. Uh, Netflix has got a Leonardo DiCaprio movie coming out. You know, we're going to see more of these things. So stay tuned for those. And if you have a way to watch this, whether you have an Apple TV subscription or you can find another way that you can like get a copy of it and sit down with it, I'm telling you right now, if you were a Short Circuit fan or you're a Toy Story fan or you have an attachment to, even an attachment to dogs, I'm going to say. Like, just the idea that this guy built an entire robot to take care of a dog when he passes away, that should be enough to make you want to watch this movie. And I'm going to preface it that it's really cute when it comes to that aspect as well. It's, it's really heartwarming to see that a man's only concern while he's dying, while the world's ending, is he wants to make sure his dog, who probably doesn't have that much long to live after he dies, depending on who dies first, it's, it's funny to think that that's his concern. And that, I feel, also is kind of like a nice thing to get attached to when it comes to the film. is his main concern and his dog, and I think a lot of people can relate to that, because I would definitely, if I was smart enough, I'd build 15 robots to take care of my dogs if I ever died and nobody could take care of them. 
That's just me. Maybe that's not you. But if it is you, you're going to love this movie. 